Should we do a bunch of tests? To like, yeah, let's just keep da-da-da. talking. Box uh, fort. Yes. Paper. I have the movie Oculus as one of my uh, things. Oh, what the hell? You gave me all the girly movies. I know. I'm sorry. They were from my mom's. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Our eyes. Hello. What's the answer to number three? <laughs> okay, so I'm recording. But okay. so Cassie had said that basically our recording area that we're in right now is a complete. It's in shambles. Okay. No, so, it's brilliant. <laughs> good news is that the microphones work hypothetically, but bad news is is that we're surrounded by pillows and boxes that I makeshifted bullshit soundproofing crap out of. And I can't see Cassie. I see her eyes. Just she looks the eyes. like she's, uh, what are those? Haji, or what is it? A hijab? Hijab? Hajib? Hajib? I think of Arabian Nights or something. I don't yeah. Know. That's Just so all racist. of the racists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've, we figured it out, I think. Yay. Potentially. Woohoo. Um, all right. But we, we mean just Hannah. <laughs> no, it took me 18 years. <laughs> Eight episodes in 18 years. Um, cool. Yay. Let's, let's get started. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you're listening to Texas 1031. We are a true crime podcast specifically, wow, specifically pertaining to cities in Texas. In case this is your first time listening, 1031 is actually a police code for crime in progress. And it just so happens to be the date of our favorite holiday, Halloween. We're your hosts, Cassie and Hannah. If you guys want to contact us or check out our social media, head on over to our website, texas1031podcast.com. There you will find links to all of our social media, as well as links to listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And remember, the name of our website and social media accounts have no dashes, no spaces, no capitalizations, or numbers, just all spelled out. And last but not least, if you are on iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe before you finish this episode. That would mean a lot to us. So every week we bring you two murder cases that we'll both discuss with each other and you at home. (laughs) Uh, This week we have one in Chapel Hill slash Travis um, and the other is going to be in Clear Lake. So we hope you guys enjoy this week's episode and thanks so much for listening. Woohoo, episode eight. I thought yours was in Tyler. It or, is. Well, like New Chapel Hill, but then I looked it up and it was like, it said like Tyler. You said Travis. It said Travis? Yeah. Fuck. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I think it said Travis. Shit. It's fine. It's, it's funny. It's okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'll just oh. go ahead and correct myself immediately. <laughs> all the T's. It's fine. Yeah. Tyler, Travis, they're all names. Yeah. Like, get boys, more creative, Texas. Boys. With Texas with a T. Oh my gosh. It's ah. all happening. Ah. Okay. Um... <laughs> So, recommendations for this week. It looks like we only have one-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I got <laughs> nothing. Like Cassie is like playing hide and go see for me. <laughs> and I like peek over. Hey. And there she is. Sorry. Hey. Okay. <laughs> oh, We're going to, I'm going to post a picture of this. I don't know if 
Hannah's gonna love. I'm doing it anyways. No, don't. I look like ass. No, no, no. Not of us in it. I don't want to be on the internet either. (laughs) (laughs) But of this beautiful setup, so y'all can see what we mean. Absolutely. (laughs) I thought about moving it into like my my bedroom, but then I was like, it's the same distance. It's just gonna suck either way. So whatever. (laughs) Give us money for a real place. Help us. We're poor. Just kidding. Um, Okay. So (laughs) recommendations. Um, Netflix had a show. Uh, wasn't it last year, year and a half, something like that. It was called Slasher. Um, I absolutely loved this show. And they came out with a second season maybe like a weekish ago. And I started it. I'm pretty interested already. But the first season was awesome. So I definitely recommend you going to watch Slasher on Netflix. It's a scary murder crap, whatever. Just basically what you're here to listen about <laughs> or whatever. Anyway. I've actually never heard of that. That's It's good. Hmm. It's Canadian. So you know it's good. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cassie, recommendations? Yes? You know what? I thought of something. I'll go ahead and recommend Parks and Recreation. Everyone's already hey. seen it. If you haven't, you really, really <laughs> should. But it's what I watch kind of to clear my mind of any of the weird or creepy or gory stuff that I've watched yeah. slash seen throughout throughout the day. <laughs> so there, there's a happy recommend recommend <laughs> recommend we're back in when was parks and recreation made like 2010 or i don't know oh wow yeah i was gonna say 2005 because i feel like Whoa. that's what's five years ago no Ugh. no way off i know um <laughs> and we're gonna do something that everyone else does but it's fine we don't care go listen to their podcast if you don't like this but Cassie, do you want to tell us or tell them what we're drinking? Yeah, Hannah found this awesome wine that I've been wanting to. I'm reaching for it. <laughs> I've wanted to try for a while, but all I can see is a floating hand <laughs> casually trying to grab a bottle. <laughs> now, floating bottle of 19 Crimes. Um, it's a red wine. That's all it says. It's just a red yeah. wine. That's what we so like you know here. It's good. Oh, it's from Australia, so that's pretty cool. Oh. What up, Australia? It has like a cool dude that looks like he's about to be electrocuted, and there's like, it says like life sentence on it or something. Like he carved it into his prison cell. So I just thought it was fitting for yeah. the evening. I've been wanting to try it for a while. It's actually really good, but we're not going to give it any official like no. ratings or like make cool about. noises. No. <laughs> like, no. Like clink. No. Yeah. Just. This is what we're drinking tonight. Yeah. If we get extra giggly, That's blame the wine. Because we usually do have an alcoholic beverage in front of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, might as both well of us have just finished a long day and super long day. Yeah. God. A long day of setting up a podcast room and a long day of <sighs> sitting on her butt driving around. <laughs> Cassie's a truck driver, you guys. Basically. <laughs> just kidding. So that also means I'm a serial killer, right? Mm. And a 400-pound man. No, uh, howdy. <laughs> howdy. I don't know oh what they would say, howdy. Okay. Um, anything else? No? Yes? Um, no. No, no, my headphones no, no, keep coming no, out. No. Those, no. Nope. Yep. 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 Nope. Right. Oh, actually, yes. What? Um, are we the, uh, the little change-up to our scheduling we're going to do? Mm. Good one. So we are both very busy and the burden of editing actually we're we're very important we are very important we have so many things yeah all the things (laughs) (laughs) but the burden of editing it falls solely on hannah's shoulders and i am a hot mess that can't get her shit together more than like a day before we record to do research so uh we've decided that for the foreseeable bit of future we're gonna try going um Every other week. So we'll yeah. just be a bi-weekly podcast yeah. coming up. 
We just have like holiday stuff coming up and I'm going back to school in January and Cassie is like super duper busy with existing and her job takes over her life. So um, yeah, we're just going to do every other week, but don't worry, we'll still bring you good murders. Yeah. And who knows, maybe like in the transition period, we can think of things to do on social media or stuff to keep everyone engaged or... You know, I mean, please, like, post to our social media, too, like, different articles you find inter- interesting, like, start the conversation. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure things out. But for now, every other Bi-weekly. week. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I mean, no one cares, but. No, no one's even listening. No. <laughs> to our, my mom, our one follower, she won't care. Uh, definitely not. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, is it, whose turn is it? Mine? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to do the, I don't know how to like, I really am just trying to figure out how I want to place my body to, you guys don't understand the predicament that I'm in. Hannah has nowhere to put her clipboard. No, and I normally am on my computer, but I can't Mm -hmm. because it's too difficult. I'm halfway in my closet right now. Um, We'll just go with it. It's fine. (laughs) If you hear papers rustling... Then you know it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the story of uh, the murder of Corianne Cervantes. Um, this took place, uh, like Cassie said earlier, in Clear Lake, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, this girl's death really stuck out to me for some reason. Um, I initially had found a really cool murder about uh, like a mother-daughter murder in El Paso, which I still want to find a good one in El Paso because I feel like it's a shithole town. No offense to El Paso, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but something just really upset me when I read about her death and kind of the events surrounding it, so I decided to talk about it. So paper rustling number one (laughs) um okay so monday december 8th 2014 in houston the murder trial against 17 year old jose reyes begins uh he and his accomplice 16 year old victor uh i'm gonna not pronounce this right because a couple websites spelled it differently so i don't know if it's alias alias alas whatever um victor had been previously charged back in February with the kidnapping, rape, and murder of the victim, Corianne, who was only 15 at the time of her death. Mm. So the uh, murder scene would take place in a uh, abandoned apartment complex in uh, a suburb of Clear Lake on February 5th. However, detectives wouldn't actually uh, find her body until about four days later. They would assess that Corianne had been beaten to death, stabbed multiple times, and was brutally raped. The medical examiner would also state that she had an upside-down cross carved into her abdomen. So, keep that stuff in mind. (laughs) Um, Police would receive a phone call from one of Jose's relatives who said that Jose had implicated himself and Victor in the rape and murder of Corianne. Um, I'm going to kind of repeat the crime and, like, what happened a couple times because... You know, they're from the prosecution's perspective, from his perspective, so on and so forth. So mm. bear with me when uh, I kind of go through it. But um, Jose would later confess to detectives that he and Victor had taken Corianne to the vacant apartment after they had uh, previously been doing drugs, drinking, that kind of thing at a friend's apartment nearby. Um, so when she tried to escape um, after the rape began, they began to beat her to death and they marked her body. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of a high point in the whole thing to me, at least. Um, I don't really hear it talked about much in the trial. It kind of gets blown over. I'm not really sure why. 
Um, but the boys claim they killed her and purposefully placed religious items around her remains because both of them <laughs> had sold their souls to the devil. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was a sacrifice to kind of complete this ritual or whatever. Um, trust me, I'll go into all that later. Um, <laughs> and our opinions on that because I already know Cassie has an opinion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're probably on the same page. Um, so during his trial, Jose would show zero remorse. Um, people say he could be seen smiling and just like loving every moment of attention he received from the jury and the media. Um, he claimed her death was a sacrifice to Satan and he has no regrets. So what a guy rustling page two <laughs> i'll stop that's fine um so again sort of a repeat of what he confessed to a second ago but with a little more detail so the prosecutor on this trial would say jose victor and corian went to the vacant apartment that night after consuming alcohol smoking pot at a friend's house and while the sex was allegedly initially consensual the encounter started to turn into a brutal beating and rape repeated stabbings torture disfigurement and then murder um this is kind of the worst part um so when the situation escalated to a point where she felt uncomfortable and tried to escape uh jose grabbed the porcelain lid of a toilet tank and began beating uh in her face oh yeah like i i have like a really clear image of like a really creepy room and her like trying to run and like i don't know it's just it's awful yeah um wow yeah so corianne evidently tried to bite one of the boys in self-defense which was great um, and in turn, they gouged out one of her eyes with the plastic <gasps> rod from a set of window blinds. I know. Um, absolutely terrible. Uh, mm. Yeah. They stabbed her more than 60 times with a screwdriver in the face and torso, which I imagine wasn't easy. Not just like visually, like being a human doing that to another human, but like literally. Right. I, I don't know how well a screwdriver screwdriver like penetrates skin, but. Uh, oh, I can't imagine. Well. Yeah. No, oh, so wow. I feel like that was probably that much more painful for her. Um, Victor also admits to strangling her with his belt. Some reports say she was even whipped. Um, the medical examiner who performed the autopsy found pieces of porcelain embedded in her face as well. Um, okay, so this is another interesting kind of side thing. Police claim to have seen pentagrams and upside down crosses painted on the walls with her blood and corroborated the uh, cross cut out on her stomach um the religious items that uh jose says they placed around her i wasn't really able to find a list anywhere um i, I don't know if it was candles statues crosses etc um but i'm assuming something like that um but crime scene photos of these things were shown to the jury along with the photos of her beaten and porcelain filled facial wounds um i read a report that the jury was said to have been weeping multiple times throughout the trial so wow yeah um when i like actually i'll read some things that people said about her and like i was trying to read them kind of aloud to like get the full effect and i was crying reading them so oh, no. yeah it's just it's awful um Okay, so more into the trial now. Uh, Jose's 20-year-old sister, and I don't know how to pronounce this name. It's H-I-S-E-L. Hissel, Hissel, I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, she was the first witness in the trial. So uh, prosecutors said she repeatedly told authorities that her brother admitted to the crime. Um, I'm not sure if she was the one who actually made the initial phone call or not, because remember I said that a relative had called and kind of ratted him out, essentially. 
Um, <clears throat> but regardless, on the witness stand, she said she could not remember what he had said. Um, she gave this like long, tearful testimony, but then when asked if her brother uh, had told her if he had actually killed a girl, she just replied, yes. Like she, I don't know. She was very back and forth on things. Um, I don't know if she felt guilty testifying against her own brother, but I think if you're going to potentially, you know, make the phone call and comply with testifying in court, then maybe you should actually do a compelling job as a key witness. But yeah. that's just my opinion. Um, because during cross-examination with um, the defense, she said her brother was often under the influence of drugs and alcohol, which to me comes across as like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't kill her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, why even backtrack and like put that doubt into the jury's minds? I feel like it's kind of all very confusing. But again, I don't know, you know, what it's like to testify on a murder trial, let alone like my own brothers. So, uh, you know, maybe she felt pressure from law enforcement or maybe even her own family. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, <clears throat> another crucial moment in the trial is when the prosecution brings forward a major, major witness. Okay, so this is Miranda Leal. She was a 19-year-old girl who Jose had confided in about the murder. So I'm going to already tell you there's another person that he confides in about the murder, which is just like, are you dumb? Like, that's three people. Right. Like, I'm <laughs> literally writing something about that right now. Yeah, like, I don't know if he was that stupid or that cocky. I don't know. Or maybe he wanted to get caught, but based on what he says, I don't know. But, um, okay, so she said he bragged about stabbing and raping a girl. He laughed and smiled while kind of, like, regaling the details of the crime to her. She said, Jose claims that the devil ordered him to do what he had done to the girl. And in bragging about the murder... This is so ridiculous. He performed a freestyle rap about a a threesome with a girl that led to torture and murder. Yeah, attractive. Uh, It's just beyond gross. But um, he even showed Miranda a photo of uh, he, Victor, and a girl having sex. It was not specified if it was Corianne, but I'm assuming so. Unless, you know, they maybe had done it before and gotten away with it. But I'm not entirely certain. Um, She also said he admitted to clotheslining her when she tried to leave and then bashed her head, breaking the toilet tank lid in half. Yeah. Uh, She said his story was just so bizarre and sick that she actually didn't believe it until she learned that Corianne's body had been found in the vacant apartment. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another witness was Agapita Gonzalez. She was the third person that Jose confessed to. And according to her... Quote, he said somebody wanted his soul. Uh, She revealed that after hearing Jose's account of his activities that night, it caused her to actually, like, fear for her own life, just knowing firsthand what he had done and what he was capable of. So I don't know what it would be like to have someone confess, like, and brag about a murder, but I'm sure it's kind of creepy. Yeah, (laughs) petrifying. Yeah. Um, So on the third day of the murder trial, the prosecutor introduced letters Jose had written from jail in which he claimed the devil watched him that night and directed his activities. Jose had written, quote, he, and in parentheses, the devil, was standing there watching me and Victor. It's all good. It's what the devil asked for. Yeah. Cassie's silent. Oh, I'm writing. <laughs> oh, okay. It's all good. Um, so oh. the defense attorney in his opening statement to the jurors, uh, this part like kind of annoyed me, but 
Anyway, um, he argued that his client should have been charged with charged with a lesser form of criminal homicide than capital murder, and that the state could not prove that Jose had committed an intentional homicide in the commission of an underlying felony, such as a kidnapping or sexual assault, which is the legal requirements of a capital murder conviction, like Cassie had uh, mentioned on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but this part was actually in parentheses in this article, and I thought it was pretty valid, so I'm going to kind of repeat what whoever wrote this article actually put their own thought into it so in parentheses it said this was an absurd argument the second jose and his friend kept Corianne from leaving the apartment they committed the crime of kidnapping moreover the consensual sex had quickly turned to rape so i mean right there are two things that could push this into capital murder territory so that attorney was a dingus yeah um Okay, so however, um, after the prosecution rested its case, the defense did not put his client on the stand, um, which smart move because I feel like he would have just, just like made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Even I don't even have words. I think we're all thinking the same thing about <laughs> this idiot. Yeah. Um, in his closing remarks to the jury, he assured the jurors that finding Jose guilty of a lesser homicide offense than capital murder would not mean that Corianne was denied justice. Like, ew. I don't know. Just ew. That's so... I I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I get he was a teenager, but, like, his actions post-murder were just so awful, and it's... Hard for me to say that he deserves anything less because of the obvious crime itself, but also showing, like, not showing any remorse, but rather, right. like, pride in what he did. Right. Um, I guess at the end of the day, you know, at least he wasn't trying to prove innocence or, like, wrongful conviction. Like, most defense attorneys, you know That's how true. much I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so both Jose and Victor would be tried separately. Jose would receive a guilty conviction after one hour of jury deliberation. <laughs> yeah. And was sentenced to life without a ch- without the chance of parole. Uh, Victor wasn't tried until 2015, but received the same sentencing as Jose. So all in all, a successful trial in my opinion. Um, they were obviously too young for the death penalty, but I kind of wonder if... Uh, they would have been sentenced to it, it, you know, if they were older, you know? Yeah. And kind of, I don't know how that would have gone, but I didn't read much about Victor's trial. It was mainly about Jose. Um, I don't know if his character and actions were just as bad as Jose's, but regardless, they, they suck. So, um, Corian's family was actually really pleased with the turnout of each trial and are quoted saying they're happy and that she can rest in peace. Um, from what I could find... This is a little bit about Corianne, kind of focus on some positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can get through it without crying. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to cry. Um, so from what I could find, it seems that she was born <clears throat> on April 2nd, 1998 in California and died February 5th, 2014. And she had a brother and a sister. That's really all the information I could find about her. Um, I do have some obituary quotes. Um and yeah okay so here we go there's three i only listed three because they were all really sad so my beautiful best friend you understood me more than anybody else ever did all those times we spent together hold gorgeous memories that i will cherish and remember forever every weekend and every summer we were together wouldn't have been fun if it wasn't for you I loved having you as my friend for so long, and I loved having you by my side. You were so beautiful, and your personality always brightened my day. Not a day goes by where I don't think about you. And that was by her best friend, Caitlin Kennedy. Yep, I'm already crying. (laughs) Yeah, this one is, like, almost worse, okay? So um, this is by her teacher, Gina Pendula. 
Corianne, even though I was only your teacher for a short while, you touched my life. Your sweet disposition, bright eyes, and sunny smile brightened every class. I still have the picture you drew me. I will keep it hanging on my wall forever to remind me you are still smiling down on us. You are missed, sweet girl. My deepest condolences to the family. Super sad. I know. Um, And then the last one. Uh, my beautiful niece, Corianne. I love you so much. We were so close and I miss you. When I wake up, my first thought is of you. I'm going to miss your hugs and kisses. Most of all, you saying, I love you, Aunt Roseanne. Can't wait to see you again. Rest in peace, my darling niece. I love you. So, super sad. Um, yep. Yeah. So, before, that was kind of everything, but um, I kind of have a, not a decent amount of questions and theories, but I do have some things I'd like to say about this. Um so before we move into questions and theories, I guess this is a really upsetting case, but just to remind everyone, this is just one of like hundreds of thousands of girls and boys that this happens to, but I, I just wanted to speak about it. Um, I know that I'm, I've said before, I'm not much of a, not like sympathetic person, but I, I obviously feel bad for the victims, but I'm normally more interested in, you know, the psychology of the killer, but this one, I really had more interest in her Um, I wish I could have found out more information on her, but unfortunately, as much as, you know, we want it to be about the victims, uh, it, you know, it's usually more about the criminal, which is upsetting, but yeah. Anyways, so oddly enough, before I actually researched the murder, um, or before I researched Corianne's murder, I had found and like actually written some stuff about this absolutely gorgeous girl her name was karen perez she was another victim in houston maybe like a year ago wow um yeah similar situation couple of guys take her into this abandoned apartment complex um they rape and kill her one of the guys was actually her boyfriend and they stuff her into this cabinet under the sink oh yeah they were yeah they like record the rape there's audio of her telling him to stop like it was absolutely awful um but it just reminded me, Corianne's case reminded me of Karen. And if you want to read more about Karen Perez, I highly suggest it because it's it's very sad but interesting. And I'd kind of like to know what comes of the trial if there is one. I'm not sure if the boyfriend's been arrested or not. But um, okay, so um, I do have a couple questions, but not really speculating, just more so like why and what questions. Right. Um, I'm probably going to say a few things that are touchy. So just like bear with me through it. Um. So first of all, I want to clear up this whole satanic sacrifice thing, okay? Um, It was honestly the most annoying part to me. So um, let's just get one thing straight. Pentagrams and upside down crosses are not satanic. Thank you. I wrote that down. And I even looked it up to make sure I wasn't going to say something wrong. No, you're not. Wiccans use pentagrams and Wiccans are like the friendliest earthliest people ever so like satanism is all about self-worship enjoying the carnal and physical pleasures of life Mm -hmm. um it's more emphasis on like nature and being respectful to plants and animals um i think people see the devil as kind of like the satanist mascot but all it means is like adversary or like deviant or something that differs from the traditional biblical teachings yes um the characteristics that satan represents are pronounced characteristics in satanism so like i grew up religious so did cassie so like we know that satan represents temptation and things of like you know air quotes of secular world stuff right but i think people get it confused and think that you know i don't know the religion itself 
is bad and like I don't know it, I guarantee you that like 98% of this whole satanic panic crap it has nothing to do with Satan and if it does it's done from misinformed humans committing crimes that Satan probably doesn't even give a shit about yeah yeah um are pentagrams part of the of the satanic symbol yes but just like how stars and stripes are a part of the American flag okay so if you see stars and stripes painted on the walls of a murder scene would you assume an American did it Right. Like, you see my point. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to reiterate, like, the stereotypical thought of biblical Satan has nothing to do with the modern day religion of being a Satanist. Yep. So, I just think that's pure ignorance. Yeah, I Uh, just, like, that makes me think that they, that (laughs) leads me more to believe that they were just stupid kids that decided oh this is going to make me sound tough Mm -hmm. you know and like a true evil person that satan told me to do this when in reality like like you said modern day satanism is about it's just about Mm self-love and just you know it's about being kind to others and doing right by the world and it's almost like just kind of a doing what you want yeah and they use Satanism, they use, you know, the Church of Satan, so that way they can fight for the rights of, like, mm-hmm. okay, you can't have this religion represented in this piece of government without representing us. And, you know, it's almost like a political group now. And yeah. these kids, I mean, this wasn't super long ago, so they had the internet, they had it, so just makes me think that they're just stupid trying to pretend like they're tough, mm-hmm. and when it boils down to it, they were just sick, mentally ill <laughs> just like perverted mind right fuck assholes (laughs) (laughs) i wrote like it was more likely a drug and alcohol fueled thing or like just a mental lapse yeah yeah and i i wrote down like i wonder if there were signs leading up to this that they were violent people i have that too i wrote that down yeah um before we get to that i do Mm want to say this is actually really important to me, even though it's kind of minor in the mix of everything. But why aren't abandoned buildings torn down? Okay, so I feel like they either need to be monitored by security or be completely impenetrable or just like torn the fuck down because this is too common. I feel like this needs to stop. You need to stop giving people access to places to easily commit a crime of this nature or like any nature for that matter. Yeah. Make it more difficult to do. And if they still want to do it, they'll find a way, but maybe they wouldn't have done it if they didn't have a super accessible spot to go to. Right. Um, I know that's easier said than done, but if you can't afford to turn the building into an occupied facility or hire a security guard, then build a big ass fence like i just think that i don't know just based on this i feel like maybe yeah they probably still could have done it same with karen but uh maybe not you know yeah so i mean shithead kids are always gonna find a way (laughs) but why not make things as difficult as possible thank you well and like the thing with karen it's really weird the the building was literally like a block from her school (sighs) and that's where her like memorial is and it's just it's really Mm. sad anyway um okay so question what am i on three all right um basically i guess for me to think that to be um to be that young and either already so like fucked in the head to be able to do such a thing to a helpless girl or to be that young um and already doing enough drugs to not care about doing such a thing to a helpless girl is just so scary to me um, to think that this is normal for someone and not having a second thought and planning ahead and not caring after the fact is really odd to me. I know that people are obviously capable of this type of crime, but at such a young age, I'm not 
really sure of their backgrounds or personal lives, but it just shows you that maybe, like you said, there's some, you know, underlying sort of more to this. Right. And I even wrote, like, I don't know, you know, they they went to a, um, what's the word, uh, a, like, secondary, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like like, the alternative school when you you. get in trouble? Yes. They all went to an alternative school. So I actually looked up the school and uh, I couldn't get too much information on it, but it didn't house, I guess, a lot of kids. It wasn't that large. So I don't know if the kids were there for behavioral stuff or learning stuff. Um, Based on what I feel like I've read about her, it probably was more or less a learning disability just based on what her teachers and friends and family had to say about her. She wasn't a... um, you know, a bad kid. Right. Um, but I feel like the guys, you know, I put like, you know, what type of media did they seek out? Was it violent video games, violent TV, music, you know? Yeah. Like, combined with, you know, shit parenting and, and you know, environment. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. That's my biggest question. Like, I would love to know more. Actually, well, yeah, love just for the sake of like learning about it. But mm-hmm. like, what their home lives were, <laughs> exactly. what their parental figures were like, if they had any parental fit, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like so many times in violent criminals we see, or violent or just like sick criminals, mm-hmm. we see a really abusive upbringing, upbringing, whether or not it looked like that to the outside world or, you know, so I'm not like, I'm not saying like, oh, the teachers should have known that they are having right. a fucked up home life. It's like, you know. Little things that just tick away. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there are any head injuries in their childhood. (laughs) You know, like there's just oh god, just just breeding a murderer. The the I killed someone for the devil. Like you don't just get there in a day. Absolutely not. Okay, so I'm about to kind of dive into a topic that might not be popular, but I literally, I sat down with my mom and I said, should I talk about this? Should I leave this out? And she said, no, I think you should talk about it because I feel like it, my big big question was how did she get there how did she personally not I don't I would never say let this happen to her but I wonder what drew her to that scenario and when I explained what I'm going to explain in just a second to my mom she was like I see how it can come across wrong but I feel like you should talk about it because maybe other people are thinking about it too Mm -hmm. um so uh I looked up pictures of her and the majority of them are social media posts and they're relatively normal for a girl her age but um, most of them are uh, selfies but they're also angled a certain uh, kind of direction Mm. Um, and I will preface this already because I have selfies on my Instagram Cassie has selfies on her Instagram so this is in no way I am not I want to like express this 100% I am not trying to blame her for this or judge her at all I'm just trying to look at the psychological factor here um I wonder if there was maybe a tinge of insecurity or um something maybe deeper within her um I don't know. I I feel like Cassie and I are in our mid to late 20s. I feel like it's a little bit different than being 15 and posting that kind of thing. Um, If that makes sense. I feel like we know ourselves. Yeah. Um, Well, and I I mean, I remember the stuff I posted when I was 15. And I had no boobs at that point. (laughs) But I was still like, I look back on it now and it was all just attention grabbing. Mm -hmm. And because that's, you know, you... 
I I'm not I wasn't necessarily in provocative provocative clothing, right. but it was because I didn't feel like I looked good in that type of stuff, and I really envied the girls that did. So well, maybe you wanted like validation from other people, uh-huh. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can be insecure or confident at any age, but I'm just I'm trying to focus on her and her attributes and what I'm seeing coming from her and. I feel like you can say all that you want that she was, you know, doing what every girl in high school does by posting this kind of thing. Um, But just looking at the statistics of the psychology of things, she was actually a really cute girl, but she was a little bit heavier. Um, She probably maybe had some self-image issues. So that's why I said she angled her pictures a certain direction um, to kind of disguise maybe her weight a little bit. Um, I know from experience being overweight in school fucking sucks. Okay. So I am not, I I know I've been there. So um, (laughs) her way of dealing with it might've been exposing it, if that makes sense. So making it seem like she didn't care about her appearance and social status or learning problems if there were any, you know, so I feel like that's just kind of one way to look at it. Um, she may have received unwanted attention by the shitty boys in her class. I know nothing about the boys' educational history as well, but I know just from growing up and being a teenager and then going into being an adult, unfortunately, you know, the way you do present yourself will give off the wrong impression no matter how many rallies and protests there are. You know, things aren't really changing at a very rapid pace, and girls should be allowed to wear and look however they want, but guys will never grasp that concept because they all suck. And they think that they can take what they want. Yep. Um, again, I'm not trying to victim blame Corianne. I'm really not. I'm just simply stating that because she became another victim of guys doing what they want and it ended horribly. And maybe she had self-image problems that led her to think, oh, wow, you know, these two guys, they, you know, from school, they want to hang out. Maybe they want to have sex with me. Like, cool, you know, I can, I can do that. Yeah, um, they might have been the cool kind of right. edgy bad boys, yeah. you know, in an alternative school. That's like when you said they were in an alternate school, I almost said alt school, like, <laughs> God, but an alternative school, like, uh, I just immediately thought like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't like those. I don't yeah. like that idea of separating kids from their peers because they're different or because they're bad behavior mm-hmm. like that just brings maybe some of the bad people together if they, you know yeah and it, it singles them out more it doesn't yeah. make them feel any more appreciated than it, they probably yeah it makes do, them feel you know? like okay well i'm dirt so right. fuck Let it why like not it. just act like yeah. it not talking about Corey. i'm i'm more talking about the, the boys guys, yeah but yeah i can definitely see her you know maybe just I want to be the cool girl, hang mm-hmm. out, like, whatever. Yeah, I'm chill. Like, let's yeah. go hang out. Let's drink. Like, go with the flow. 15, woo. Because yeah. at that point, you're just, I hadn't even kissed a boy yet at 15. Right. So I was doing anything I could to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean. I don't know. I just feel like it's so sad that you have to, you have to do this, though. You have to instill in your daughters and mm-hmm. your you know younger female friends that you can't you literally can never be alone mm-hmm. with uh, with guys especially a couple of guys right ever like that's just not safe mm-hmm. doesn't matter how well you know them even your boyfriend at that young right? of an age like it's you just so know. unsafe and it's a sad thing but it needs to be instilled in every girl until maybe things change 30 mm-hmm. years down the road yeah boys are brought up to not, not rape yeah not rape <laughs> i don't know maybe you know maybe she didn't see it coming or i don't know maybe she wanted to have sex with these guys oh yeah and i'm sure i'm wondering how charming they were how like psychotic i psychotic is not the i'm misusing this word but 
to get my point across, like, how sick these guys were that they were able to be, like, the cool, chill, right. hang out, let's just drink together, like, yeah, how convincing, let's have sex. And then they just flip a switch once mm-hmm. they got him, got her where they wanted her. Like, yeah, that's just such an advanced level of. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking of advanced, I actually wrote that down that, like, not in the same context that you were saying, but it just, like, I saw it and it reminded me. Um, people say that that generation or this generation, whatever you want to call it, is so fast and advanced and they move so forward. And, like, I, and I put this down, like, I remember adults saying that about my brother's class, okay? And he's four years older than me. So it doesn't matter what year it is. Teenagers will want to experiment with sex. It's inevitable. Oh, yeah. You know, and she could have done it to fit in or she could have done it because she just fucking wanted to. We'll never know. But to me, like, something tells me that a 15-year-old girl from small town, League City, Texas, wasn't trying to have a romantic threesome. So, I mean, I don't have a statistic in front of me, but I bet you most teenage girls are semi-scared shitless about sex at that age. Oh, yeah. You know, you're being labeled a slut. You're getting pregnant. You're hiding it from your parents, whatever. And I don't think you'd even know, like, conceptually what a threesome would entail at that age. I mean, I've been 15, and I know I was a loser at that age and had (laughs) zero offers to participate in a threesome. But I knew some girls that did get those offers, and it just doesn't happen. And if it does, it doesn't go great. Right. So... Psychologically speaking, there's an underlying issue when any teenager, to me, is trying to increase their sexual activity at such a young age, specifically females. So just looking at the facts, I feel, you know, as though Corian was just trying to have fun, be a people pleaser, you know, feel loved or noticed, and she was taken advantage of instead. So I don't know. I I hope that you didn't take offense to the whole selfie Thing. oh me no yeah okay. oh no because like i i know you're pro selfie i'm totally pro yeah. selfie i'm also pro like you know maybe think about how you're appearing right. to the world but i think of it more in like you know jobs <laughs> right well and <laughs> like and i when i asked my mom about it i was like what do you see what do you think when you see a girl's profile full of selfies and she said well narcissism and i was like well mom you don't have the definition of narcissism correct right. first of all but I was like, it. some things, like, I remember it was a uh, Sasha Gray, the porn star. Oh, she yeah. would say oh, wow. that, you know, some, you know, the sexualizing of things is empowering to some women and, you know, embarrassing to some women. So it just depends on yeah. how you, you are as a person. So taking pictures of yourself and saying, you know what, I look fucking great today. It doesn't make you insecure. It's all about the individual person. Right. But I guess because I relate to Corianne on a certain level, um, and again, the women that I have uh, heard reference that Sasha Gray thing were my age or older. So when you're 15, I don't want to say it doesn't count, but at the same time, you have a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. So because I mean, I, don't know. I remember back then I would take hundreds of selfies because I didn't think I was attractive. I didn't, you know, like I I was figuring out whatever and. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of stupid pictures ended up on the internet because of that. Now today, I still, I'll take pictures of myself. Like, I'll post it. I take selfies, you know, like, every once in a while. If I feel like my hair is looking good, like, I'll mm-hmm. take them. And yeah. I don't post a lot of them. But, I mean, Snapchat sees a little bit more than most <laughs> outlets because it disappears after a little Plus while. Plus those filters. How can you resist? Oh, they're so cute. Actually, I don't have Snapchat. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I will only post a picture on Instagram if I'm feeling particularly shitty that day. And it's, or, like, once a month. 
Yeah. And you always look cute, so don't even. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But I, I do it because See, I'm literally fishing alone. for, like, compliments and, like, you know, to make me mm-hmm. feel better, to feel like I can get through the day. Like, yeah. okay, like, okay, I am I'm maybe not a disgusting troll. So, right. it's I mean, all still in adulthood. Like, yeah, so, I mean. That's she, interesting. I kind of like that perspective that you yeah. gave. That it's, you know, you yeah, you want maybe a compliment, but not to boost necessarily your big head but to make yourself just feel better because you do feel bad about yourself that day i think that's interesting yeah and you know that's why i I feel her (laughs) yeah for sure i'm really sad that you know what might possibly be insecurities and stuff and needing to fit in ended up in these two i i want to call them satans but they're not because we discussed that (laughs) but you know these two just disgusting individual (laughs) taking advantage of that and yeah yeah, so young. I just, uh, I don't think boys or men should be allowed to assume consent nope. until given by that person, whether it be another man or a woman. Even if consent is given, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, rescinded, you better fucking stop. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I guess she she may have come across, like, willing and able at some point. But you know what? At another point, she didn't want to be there anymore. Right. And if she went there to, you know, feel that love and feel cool or grown up or whatever, um, you know, I don't know. I, you you can't take advantage of that stuff and no. like, respect I'm, the person. Like, that's just... I mean, you can't I, kill and rape people. No. Like, you just can't like, because they changed their fucking mind. I feel like at 15, you expect a tongue down your throat and maybe a hand down your pants. <laughs> and then that's a little like... Whoa. Oh, my God. But, I was so lame at 15, JK. <laughs> if that's what I was supposed to expect. Oh, God. When I, I think when I was... Makes my mom proud then. Man, what was I doing when I was 15? Oh, yeah. I did... By the time, like... Either right when I turned 16. No, it had to be just before because I was getting rides from this guy. Me and this other girl. (laughs) Which don't get rides from any guy. No. Don't be Cassie. He was actually a very nice guy. Except for this part of his personality that now Mm -hmm. that I'm a grown up, I'm like, oh my God, what a disgusting individual. Like he was a very nice guy, friendly, whatever. He he used to teach me and this other girl how to like kiss and make out. And we would literally take turns. One would go sit in the bathroom while the other one practice and then we would switch how old was he uh he was at least he was just a year ahead of me so i think he was like 16 or 17 that's not i mean it's still gross but like at least he wasn't like 25 or something oh right no but it just like oh my god guys are. that's what i was doing when i was 15 (laughs) making out with girls (laughs) i was sitting at home alone being fat yeah Ugh. Um, all right, back to the questions. I only have like one more. So, um, I kind of wanted to know if they actually did a full toxicology report on all three teens. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz they say that at least all that was mentioned was the marijuana use. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, right. And so I'm like, were there hallucinogens, uh-huh. amphetamines, something to severely alter their state of mind to the point of like rage and mania? Um, but then I think, you know, if this was truly planned, you know, for selling their souls to the devil or whatever i feel as though this was clearly you know premeditated and that they wanted to do this like regardless of drugs or alcohol and maybe all of that was just a ruse to get her a little loose yeah and feeling okay i don't know i guess you know we won't know but i kind of want to know like what was this whole you know sacrifice or selling my soul like i don't know that's just such a random thing to throw in there yeah i literally wrote down like i wrote down insanity question mark as in like Mm -hmm. were they doing this to try to get the insanity plea but if he was confessing like he was telling people about it bragging no regrets so i wrote 
a little above it, posers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> posers. Sure. Well, and I'll post pictures of these guys, and they literally are the lamest of the lame. And I don't feel bad saying that because they really are. Does one of them have a like a very very short bowl cut at least? Like, no, almost. One of them is just like a chunky little like. Okay, Victor, I feel like was played hard in this. Like I uh. feel like he thought. Kind of almost maybe like Corianne, just like, oh, he's a cool older dude and like blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, you know, be friends with him and he's going to take me to go do this. Because when I looked at Jose, I was like this. Well, one picture I was like, I could see how he could be perceived as like a cute, badass, like wrong side of the tracks kind of situation. Okay. But then like another photo, you know, you know how lawyers do the whole like, let me cut your hair. You wear glasses, wear a button up to trial. So you look all blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, More respectable, more innocent. But like his normal ass photo was like he had the uh <laughs> like the jersey shore haircut you know where it's like spiked up no like Pauly d yes exactly <laughs> but like without the gel so it was like a fro but like spiked i don't know it was gross uh. and he just looked like a douchebag like he just looked like a shitty person just like a kid that i don't know it, i don't know he Ugh. just he looked like he sucked big time so he yeah i don't even, i don't even know what we're talking about but yeah no i wonder what like <laughs> is going on in prison now like i wonder whose bitch he is because oh, you God, know I he's not so. a top dog in prison like <laughs> no he's fucking 12 right yeah Ugh. yeah so that was the horrible sad murder of sweet corianne and i just think it's terrible and all those people who get killed that way like I hope that their killer gets found out, and I'm glad that hers did because she, from what I can tell, or not even from what I can tell, I won't even say that because that just sounds awful, but she did not deserve this regardless. So you just, you don't do that. Or a semblance of this. She didn't deserve to be sexually assaulted. She didn't deserve, oh God. No. Yeah. Yeah. How old was she being now? This happened in 2013, you said? 2014. So, wow. She'd be 18. She'd be graduating high school. Oh, Man. That's so awful. That really is. Well, you know what? Those guys are dead. Or dead. (laughs) They're in jail. (laughs) They basically are dead. Oh, yeah. They're nothing. Yeah. And they're going to go down in history as posers. Yeah. Losers. You're not even cool enough to be a Satanist. So don't even. Yeah. Satanists are really nice. Yeah. Satanists are great people. (laughs) Yeah. Cassie has leggings with pantograms on them. Okay. I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So speaking of Cassie, tell me your murder. So this week I chose Deanna Laney. Um, I I chose another kind of like well-known and more high-profile case again this week, but that's mostly because of my lack of time and there's a lot of information on her. But it's I personally had never heard of her. Yeah, no, me neither. So, so yeah, I'm this interested. was... Ugh, let's just jump right in. So uh, Deanna Laney was born 1965, and she lived in, as an adult, a married woman, she lived in New Chapel Hill, which is near Tyler, Texas. Not Travis. I think it's all in Travis County. That's, yeah, whatever. Sure, Tyler. <laughs> I don't think Tyler's anywhere near Travis, but it's fine. Oh, I thought Travis was it. Never mind. Oh, yeah, because Travis County is like Austin. It's, no, well, that's Lake Travis. Oh, what the but hell? But Travis is like uh, out of Dallas, like... Oh, my God. Like, it was where uh, it was. Uh, never mind. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I've lived here all my life. I have no <laughs> idea where I am. <laughs> We're um, in Lake Travis right now. So um, New Chapel Hill is near Tyler, which is 100 miles southeast of Dallas. So North Texas. Um, she was a stay-at-home mother to three Wait, kids. Wait, what? What did you just say? What? 
Tyler. North, you said south of Dallas. Oh, oh, North Texas. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Wow, I'm so sorry. We don't know where we are at all. Oh, my God. Are we even in Texas? It's the wine. <laughs> I wish I wasn't um, in Texas. Okay, so continue. So, yeah. So, she was a stay-at-home mom to three kids. Um, Joshua, at the time that this is all happening, so in 2003, Joshua is aged eight. Luke is age six, and Aaron is 14 months old. She had a loving husband named Keith, and they were a very, you know, happy, loving family. Um, Everyone said pretty much the same thing about them. She was also devoutly religious. Uh, She was a member of the first... Hmm. I wrote wrote things above the letters and below. (laughs) Okay, so... She was devoutly religious and was a member of the First Assembly Church of God, and she sang in the choir. Her brother-in-law was actually the pastor of this church. Which I Um, had to look up what that kind of church was, and I found it it was Pentecostal. Am I wrong? Did you read something different? Because I was like, what what does this mean? uh, Yeah, it's all the same to me. So so for, I guess, so Pentecostal, that means they're super, they... From they, like, what I remember, they like or something, right? They're what? They like speak in tongues, right? Oh, definitely speak in okay. tongues, and they're like super into like they preach directly from the Bible. Okay, so like I grew up in hardcore. non-denominational churches, yeah, yeah. and they were kind of just like motivational speakers, right? Right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. All right. So <laughs> yeah, if you're Joel religious, Osteen. now you get a uh, um. Fact. So she homeschooled her kids, which is you mm-hmm. know. Great when you're super religious, yeah. (laughs) Um, So the day in question, we are going to talk about the happenings of May 9th, 2003, which was Mother's Day weekend. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Deanna was 39 years old at the time. Um, She had been suffering from delusions for the past three or four years, unbeknownst to pretty much everyone around her. Um, she actually did see herself, though, as a religious sister to Andrea Yates. Um, Andrea Yates committed her infamous crimes, as you all remember. She drowned her three small, five, I'm yeah. sorry, five small children in the family bathtub because Ugh. Satan told her to kill them. Um, she was oh, tried and convicted, uh, or it happened, I don't know, on June 20th, 2001. So this is two years prior. Um, to oh, I thought that was like 2005. Oh, way off. yeah, I know. Me too. Okay. Never Everything. <laughs> Everything's weird. Time. <laughs> so um, this is 2003. She sees herself as a religious sister to Andrea Yates because she made a sacrifice in the name of religion. Um, she had begun seeing what she saw as signs from God. The first sign uh, on this day was her 14-month-old Aaron was playing with a spear um that's sign one from god telling her that she needed to you guessed it kill her children with a spear um she resisted to that she didn't really she didn't really want to go with god's plan at this point (laughs) um later in the day aaron presented her with a rock so of course that's sign number two why don't you get him some real toys right yeah what is he doing (laughs) um she starts to pay attention at this point and then at another aaron was squeezing a frog this was the third and final sign that god had shown her three ways to kill her children stabbing strangling or stoning she told god no but she felt pressured she was later interviewed saying each time it was getting worse the way it had to be done and flip of the page. 
Um, she decided, though, that stoning would be the most preferable and least violent for her children, so she prepared and found a few different stones. Um, she knew she had to, in quotes, step out in faith and comply with what God wanted, believing he would use her brutal deed to do something great, like he'd done before in the Bible. Um, she's still struggling with this throughout the day, but she didn't take little steps to prepare, like hiding a rock underneath her baby's crib. Um, mm. When she woke up just before midnight on May 9th, um, approximately 11.30 p.m., she took that as the final sign that he was indeed telling her to carry out the deed. Um, like I said, she hid a rock in Aaron's room, so she started with him. She hit Aaron in the head, um, and he started to cry, obviously. And here's the kicker. Her husband woke up and came into the room and asked what's wrong. She positioned herself in front of the crib and just said um she kept him from seeing and said oh nothing's wrong he assumed that she was just changing Aaron's uh, diaper and he went back to bed she then placed a pillow over his head until she heard him gurgling some blood um, and then she left him thinking to herself um asking God to finish the job mm. She then, because it was going to take too much noise, she found out, took Luke, so the middle son, she took him outside in his underwear to the front yard and smashed his skull in over and over and over again with a rock the size of a dinner plate and then dragged him to a dark part of the yard so the oldest son, Joshua, wouldn't see him. She the then, yard? Yeah, the front yard. Wow. At midnight. That's ballsy. Yeah. Um, so she left the dinner-sized stone on top of Luke and then repeated the act with Joshua, dragging his body next to Luke after he was done, um, after she was done bashing his head in. She then calls 911 and coldly, without any emotion, simply said, I killed my boys. She told police what her house looked like, where it was, and deputies arrived at her home at 12.52 a.m. on that Sunday morning. They first found Aaron in his crib, still alive, and rushed him to the hospital. Um, Lainey, so Deanna, I, I go back and forth from her first name to her last name, but I'm going to try <laughs> to keep saying. Of always do the last name. Seriously. But Lainey is a, a first name. Yeah, name. exactly. <laughs> so Deanna was found 100 yards away from her home, covered in blood, uh, and in a wooden wooded area kind of set back behind the house her husband had been asleep this whole time um police knew this because he came out in his night clothes and he kept asking over and over again what she had done and he was obviously in hysterics um she was taken into custody and made a brief court appearance that following monday morning where the judge set a three million dollar bail and um sh her court appointed lawyer fr buck Files Jr. advised what? her to stand. I know, yeah, that's why. So that's so choppy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he advised her to stand silent because a mental examination had yet to be done, and he felt like that was going to be a major part in his defense. Um, she had very erratic behavior in her holding cell, and a Smith Co County Sheriff jb smith was quoted saying she goes from a fetal position of crying to walking around singing gospel music mm. she stops and prays and then goes into crying hysteria and when it seemed like she had 
kind of checked into what she had done, she would blink out and just kind of zone out. Um, she was under constant suicide watch. There were charges brought up against her of capital murder and aggravated assault because Aaron was in critical condition at a children's medical center of Dallas. Why not attempted murder? Um, you know, I don't know. That's a good... That's annoying. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a couple of things from people who knew her following this crime, what they said. Um, the pastor of her church and also her brother-in-law, Gary Bell, was quoted at the sermon uh, the following week saying that this was a brutal and horrific incident that has changed our lives for years to come, but we all believe as a family that this wasn't our deed that th- did this to her children. It kind of was. A neighbor. Oh, shut up. I know. A neighbor was quoted as saying, there's no way in the world that I believe she would do this without something taking over her and something snapping in her. So this is the uh, train of thought going on in the city about her (laughs) state of mind, I guess. The trial begins in late March of 2004. She pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Her defense attorney, um, Files, asked the jury of eight men and four women, quote, does she follow what she believes to be God's will or does she turn her back on God, end quote. Dr. Park Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z. Oh, mm-hmm. I know who this guy is. Yes, you do. Yes, uh, because he worked on Andrea Yates, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer, yeah. and the Unabomber. Oh my God, he's been all around town. Oh right? yeah, he's a very, very well esteemed uh, <laughs> like, psychiatrist. Oh yeah, <laughs> they could see her eyes, <laughs> not just her forehead. <laughs> um, he sucks. Does he? Yeah, I kind of think so because of this. For he sure. fucked up. Aunt, he like he admits to what did he admit to? He admits to something with Andrea Yates or someone else where he was like, "Yeah, I just kind of." I, I didn't... It was Andrew Yates. He he falsified all kinds of crap. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that about him. Holy uh, crap. I just read the notable people that he had... Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Look into it. I don't know. No, but we'll definitely... I think he's not, he's not super great at his job. Well, he testified for prosecution saying that she was suffering from delusions and did not know right from wrong. Hmm. He said he she didn't see her actions as wrong, so she was legally insane under Texas law. Prosecutors contended that she did know right from wrong, but the death penalty still was not sought. So he was a psychiatrist for the prosecution, and he still said that she was, um, under Texas law, legally insane. Two other psychiatrists for the defense, um, Dietz and one other for the prosecution, and then one more for the judge, all unanimously said that she was legally insane and she did not know right from wrong at the time of the savage, brutal murders. Um, She believed that what she was doing was, of course, God's calling to her and she would prove her loyalty and faith to him and then she would, quote, serve as a witness as the world ended, quote. So, she had daily delusions um, for the past, like I said, three or four years where little instances were all signs from God. I read one where she was changing her young son, Aaron, and she saw a particular bit of mess he made in his diaper as proof from God that he was not digesting God's word. So little delusions <laughs> like that, um, that's kind of what the defense said 
you know, if she's seeing um, something in fecal matter, that's mm-hmm. obviously she's insane. Right, right, right. Um, the jury heard the 911 call and they saw a video of the crime scene where Joshua and Luke were, you know, found in the yard, the state they were in. Um, in that crime scene video, they also were shown the blood-soaked, you know, baby crib mattress where Aaron had been lying. Um, and they saw giant photos of all three kids taken months before the, uh, months before she attacked them. So that was just staring at them the entire time. Yeah. Um, Lainey wept when they showed the video of the crime scene. Shut up. I knew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Prosecution at one point said that she did know right from wrong because she didn't finish off the baby and left it to God to take care of. So she couldn't do it. She knew that, you know, if it was really God's will, she would be denying his will because if his will was to kill all three kids and she didn't kill all three kids then she must have known that it was wrong to kill the baby so that was their kind of reason for saying like no this bitch isn't insane she knew what she was doing um the closing Mm -hmm. arguments were given on april 3rd 2004 um the prosecutor matt bingham said quote it was graphic it was horrific and it was brutal um, the d- defense attorney, one of them, Tonda Curry, used the 911 call and lack of crying on Deanna's part uh, to contend that she was insane, that her voice was empty and devoid of emotion. Um, if convicted, she would receive life in prison with possibility of parole in 40 years. If found innocent by reason of insanity, she would be committed to a hospital for treatment and medical evaluations would dic- dictate her release. She was acquitted Mm. on April 4th, 2004. The jurors deliberated for just seven hours, and they acquitted her of all charges by reason of insanity. Um, Her defense attorneys for this case, as we said, were uh, Files, Tonda Curry, and Lawanda Lacey. Prosecution had Bingham, uh, former first assistant district attorney Brett Harrison, and the current first assistant district attorney, April Sykes. Um, The presiding judge was Cynthia Stevens-Kent. Ooh, a lot of women. I like that. I do too. Yeah. Except for the verdict. (laughs) Um, It was said, though, by the prosecution, they believed that the judge did what she had to do under the law. Which they're right, you know, five medical professionals Mm -hmm. said that she was legally insane. Um, She was sent to the Vernon State Hospital, which was a maximum security mental hospital. Um, And then, so that was in 2004. Three years later in 2007, she was transferred to Kerrville State Hospital, which is a non-secured state hospital. Um, During this time... Between August and December 2005, so when she was in the maximum security hospital, she was granted brief passes off campus. In 2007, once she was moved to Kerrville State Hospital, it was found by prosecutors that she was being allowed unsupervised furlough, and Judge Kent put a stop to that. Judge Kent is the judge who decided that in November of 2012, uh, she would be released. Smith County District Attorney Matt Bingham tried to keep her locked away and said doctors testified that she was not mentally ill. What? Yeah. 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. Judge Kent was the one that put her away in the first place. I'm sorry. So Judge Kent was the one who's yeah. still seated, and she put a stop to the unsupervised trips to the mall and out to eat with her parents that she was being allowed to take. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, judge Christy Kennedy mm. was the judge that found that witnesses testified that she was no longer a harm and not to herself, not to others, and no mental deterioration was present um, and she could be released. Um, Smith County, da, 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 yeah, Smith County Sheriff J.B. Smith said he's shocked, concerned, and upset about the release. Um, he was quoted as saying, "I believe that most of us in law enforcement were under the impression that the under the impression that Deanna Laney would be hospitalized for the rest of her life, and his office was the one that investigated the crime and said it was one of the most brutal they had ever seen." Um, did, uh, oh, I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't know where it is. Okay, so um, <laughs> Matt Bingham he agreed. Not with her being released, but he knew that the judge did what she had to under the law. Um, so just like in the trial, people were saying that she was insane. Now enough doctors were saying that she wasn't insane anymore. And so she had to be allowed to, you know, back into the real world. Her husband, Keith, this poor, poor man, he eventually divorced her. He did kind of stand by her side during the trial a little bit. Um... I don't know if that's because his faith in God as, you know, a good man, stand by your wife. But eventually yeah. that kind of all fell apart. Um, he His only contact with Deanna while she was in, I want to say prison so badly, but while she was locked <laughs> right. away in the mental institutions were just a few letters back and forth. Um, he is sad and upset with the Texas laws. He wishes there was something like guilty by insanity and you know, she would be locked in a mental institution forever. Um, he deals with this every day. He said all of this in an interview, an exclusive interview with KLTV um, in 2012 after she was, after it was found that she was released because it was kind of like kept under wraps for a little while. Um, yeah. Baby Aaron did survive, but he had massive permanent brain damage. Aww. He was 10 years old when his mother was released in 2012 and his father has to change his diaper daily. He wears braces on his feet. He cannot feed himself. Um, so he has severe developmental and, you know, just general mental disabilities due to his mother's maiming. Um, I could not find anything about her life today. But at this point, she has been out and a free woman for five years. Oh, she's probably doing whatever the fuck she wants. Absolutely. Ugh. So, uh... We are going to go ahead and move along into the questions and theories. And my first big one is... No, please tell me what you think of this. Please, please. I think so much. Because, like, <laughs> oh, I think so much. Oh, God. First one I wrote down, why were her delusions ignored? Mm-hmm. Why was there nothing, not to blame the husband at all, um, not even to blame anyone that was around her. But I'm sure if something had been going on for three to four years before Aaron was even born, something had to be offhandedly mentioned that, you know, oh, you know, God has a greater purpose. God has some just something to allude to the fact that she did not feel like she didn't feel like her choices meant anything. It was all part of God's greater plan. I don't know. That's I think just, it was, like religion is so 
right. poisonous in That's some aspect. It was all covered up by the religious aspect. Yeah. You can blame it all away or explain it all away with you know the religion and yeah. be like well she's having these delusions because it's a a spiritual condition and and she's you know been given these premonitions or feelings or vibes or whatever you want to call it so yeah maybe i don't know i mean because that's just it's not real god i i am all for a healthy personal relationship with you know a higher being what have you for whatever that is because if it makes you feel comfortable, if it helps you be a better person every day, like, cool, whatever, as long as you're not affecting other people. Mm-hmm. I am very, personally, I'm anti-religion. I'm an atheist, so I don't really believe in all of that. I don't think there's a heaven or hell or a god or a Satan. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just, like, bullshit that why would you, why? I don't understand why you would just make sense of it in your own head that god has a greater purpose and if he's telling you to murder your own children your own flesh and blood while you're against abortions at the same freaking time Ooh, another podcast uh-huh but why another podcast. <laughs> yeah why would any any sort of god or all-powerful um i don't know positive right thing. that's just not yeah. that is the incarnation of evil to me but you're gonna make it okay in your mind because it's all a part of a greater plan and god's gonna use the brutal murders of your three small young boys to the greater good like that's just not real that's not how life works you're a crazy person and i think the fact that she was so religious and she was so i think that's why she got this fluffy treatment during her incarceration in the mental hospital i think that's why she got off after um let me do the math barely 10 years barely 10 years for the brutal murder of her two young children in the front yard with stones and one child that is forever effective will never ever ever live a full life his father said that aaron is absolutely the light of his life but that he lives every day with this disability and it's never he said something a reminder yeah the fuck happened of what your wife did to your children in the name of god like how I, i don't know if that made keith's sense of religion like if he leaned on religion as a crutch after that or if he totally denounced the whole hocus pocus because i feel like i would totally denounce everything at that Uh, point i know that a lot of people do you know (sighs) because you think why would god let this happen you know Mm -hmm. and you brought up a good point of you know maybe she got off early because of her religion i actually wrote down because i was like oh cool all the women and you're like yeah wait for the sentencing and i was like you know what i wonder if all of the females in the you know, jury, the, you know, her lawyers, whether it's hers or uh, the prosecutor and the judge, I wonder if there was a sort of female sympathy kind of vibe. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's sick how women will get off easier for brutal crimes or for, you know, sex offenses and things just because they're women and they're seen as, you know, more sympathetic towards, it's, it's sick. Like I just wonder if they if they were like, oh, I relate to you. It's okay. Like, oh, I'm I'm sure. You know, and, because she uh. was sitting there, she was saying, um, and the or I guess in her place, the defense was saying that at that time she did not understand what she was doing as right or wrong. She was just following God's commands. Mm-hmm. But her in the courtroom understood that she'd murdered her babies, and she was 
you know, weeping uncontrollably at times and hysterics. So I'm sure they looked upon her and they just thought, oh, this poor woman, like, she's sick. And, like, like that one police officer said, like, if she's that sick, why isn't she kept in a mental institution for ever right her entire life well like the husband brought up a good point the like uh guilty by reason of insanity right. and i wrote that down because i was like wow you know like because of the fact that to me and you might differ on this but to me the police officer saying well she was one way in the courtroom and one way you know when it happened to me that's kind of the definition of insanity is yeah. that like you don't know your actions and i truly honestly and maybe if i read more about it maybe i would change my mind but I kind of think that she wasn't all there. And I yeah. do think that she was insane to a certain extent. And so when, I don't remember where I was going with that, but like the whole, I don't know, she could be both things because she was insane. And so it's like, yeah, she can be crying one minute. Yeah, she could be normal one minute. But that to me proves that, you know, she... Friggin' nuts. Yeah, she didn't yeah. know right from wrong. Because you, you said something about like not hiding a rock and that shows premeditation or it didn't show premeditation it, it, and so yeah, it does though yeah right? like yeah absolutely. so I was like i don't know if if it, i don't know it, you can't pick and choose what you think is right and wrong and like did that be was that considered as premeditation or not so it's like you can't just say for this crime or this person it was fine and this one it wasn't and I know that the whole thing is, you know, you got to prove if they can determine right from wrong. But when you're clinically insane, is that even a thing? Like, yeah. Can you really determine that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because in Andrea Yates' case, um, I read that... That poor woman. Like, I actually feel bad for Andrea Yates. Her husband was a piece of shit. Ugh, I don't... I Honestly, I don't know any more about it from... I guess when it happened and I was a young kid. So that's something I need to look into. She was a nut job, but oh, yeah, she definitely. was a contributing factor. But, but anyway. she was just, she was found guilty. She didn't get the innocent by reason of insanity because the prosecution said that since she called 911 and couldn't say the fact that she had killed her children, that that shows that she knew that it was wrong. And, you but know, then they went back to trial and then that's when she was acquitted of everything. Was she? See, yeah. I don't know anything about it, obviously. Yeah, and then Damn. she got sent to the same fucking place as... Deanna dude I just you don't there's you can't I don't care if you're insane or not you killed someone so regardless of where you're sent if it's prison if it's a mental health facility whatever you what I think I wrote down like what were what did I say uh what facts allowed her release like what did Mm -hmm. the doctor say hey she improved on this she's cognitive of that she apologized she understands therapy yada yada big group hug whatever like i don't understand how she can be let go after something like that you wouldn't do that to someone else yeah if they didn't get an insanity plea and like that's just by default because she got a i mean yes she's freaking not all the way there but she clearly was able to prove that she wasn't all the way there but i mean I don't know. I just don't get how she was released. And then on top of that, like, her kids did nothing wrong. So if she's not insane, then, like, I don't know what she is. Seriously. I mean, and that's not – I feel like that level of psychosis to go into such, like, grand delusions that a higher being is telling you to murder your children, like, that can't just go away after less than 10 years. And I did forget to mention that she – was released on the stipulations um, that she would have to get, like, weekly or monthly something, toxicology checks to make sure she was on her medication. She was not allowed unsupervised visits with minors. And it's like, yeah, but you're still... Just keep her. Yeah. Keep her in there. What's the fucking point? She will have zero life. 
Everyone's right. going to judge her. I mean, no offense to her, but they will. Like, oh, I hope she's so. better off. I hope she's never happy treatment. a day in her life. Like, right. I mean, true. that's a good point. Especially if she if she is mentally ill, if she's sick, like people like that they need to be properly it, it was a failure in her life the 39 years leading up to this mm-hmm. that whatever illness she had was not medicated because medicine you know it is abused and it is like wrongfully um prescriptions are wrongfully wrote all the time but mm-hmm. when it boils down to it for mentally ill individuals it does help i was on you know uh i think it was just mood stabilizers because i was diagnosed as bipolar and i'm not going to say i got over it but i'm not on anything right now because i was able to grow past yeah. you know that needing them but there's but there's all, nothing there to be ashamed of. of shit going on in your life during that time yeah that were contributing factors oh as yeah well. but it's like you i mean for 39 years like if for, even for three i just but think about it boils the back down aspect, to religion dude yeah that's what i was just about to say religion they is don't a treat that shit for people that mm-hmm. cannot they they are, some there are very 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 intelligent and logical people that are religious that that does exist yeah but i find that the wide sweeping majority that i find it my personal opinion they're people that might not have um i'm gonna this is gonna sound so mean but they might not be smart enough to ex- to logically explain things that they can't explain so they fill those holes in with religion and just blindly accept what mm-hmm. goes on in their life and so she's hearing these voices she's hearing god tell her to do these things and look at these things as like signs from him and because of her religion because god spoke to people and the bible was written and god spoke to all these people and different things happened and cities were built and blah 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 that was she was a chosen one her and andrea yates were chosen ones and that's that's how that she was for so like if her religion hadn't existed her children might be they might be she may graduated from college now you know like I mean? yeah she oh, might yeah. have been put away a long time ago yeah and sometimes that's i mean we need to look at our whole mental health you know we need total reform oh, of that in this country for yeah. sure but at the same time it's like yeah three kids could still have their lives if yeah it's really just you could still be a parent you could still have issues but you can monitor them and yeah. maintain them and oh, like, yeah. be a functioning person because mm-hmm. it's I mean, we're, the brain is a very complicated thing and religion and prayers cannot fix that and they cannot make those issues lessen or go away or explain them. You have to go to science and well, and that's what let that help you. <laughs> people always say, you know, I can't believe God would let this happen and, I, and I'm not trying to downplay anything because unlike you, I, I actually, I do have questions about the universe and and a higher Mm -hmm. power and things like that but i do believe certain things that i was raised to believe Mm -hmm. but i i do question certain things and one of them is when people are like you know i'm just gonna pray this cancer away and it's like well you know what if you believe in religion then you should believe that god created the people that can cure your disease so go to the fucking doctor don't just sit in bed Mm -hmm. and pray it away this is there's a reason why this stuff is available yeah um Another thing I was going to say before I like go on a stupid, horrible tangent was, um, you know, she did have kids and she wasn't well. And you might, I don't know, maybe this is an uncommon question, but I wonder if those kids would have inherited any of her problems. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a good I, who question. Who knows how she would have treated them when they grew up. 
Yeah. Um, if especially being homeschooled and just well, being yeah, and constantly just around by their mother. Yeah. And, like, if they rebelled, if they took on those characteristics, if they didn't do exactly what she said, if God was still supposedly speaking to her about harming her children, I don't know. I mean, maybe they would have lived longer. Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe they would have turned out just as bad as her. That's true. Or, that is a I good don't point. Know. Who? Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so maybe God was telling her to kill her children because through they her gonna... abuse, they were going to end up being serial killers because, oh, yeah, no, not real. Did you ever, Fuck her. <laughs> did you find anything about her youth i knew that like um, she had, had, had some problems nothing what nothing she had had no recorded um mental illness no issues no one in her family saw her recorded. as exactly yeah. so this was all i think kind of overshadowed by the a facade yeah of, of religion well the, like, you know religion ex- explains it away or, and she's and when you think of a devout religious woman who mm-hmm. also homeschools her kids, like, you can just think about Control the stereotypical freak. woman that would be, like, she's already a little kooky. <laughs> she wears, like, turtlenecks and, like, Christmas vests. Uh-huh. That's what I see. I just think of... Um, <laughs> and, like, loafers with socks. The gym teacher from Donnie Darko. Never finished that movie. I couldn't oh, man. Because um, he has a giant tattoo on her leg of the Donnie Darko. Dar- it's Donnie the worst. Darko, <laughs> it's really not, but she... Whatever. Anyway. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> don't it's get cool. don't get tattoos from unqualified unqualified humans. humans. Yes, thank you. <laughs> God, different podcast. But um, yeah. No, I just wrote down like my main thing. I wrote down was just fuck religion. Like I really, I truly in my soul believe that that whole like the organized religion. Like I think if you like I said, yeah, if you have a personal relationship with a higher being that gives you peace and it makes you mm-hmm. a good person, I'm all for that. If it helps you deal with loss or with hurt sure. and pain, like definitely do that. All for it's better that. Better than becoming a drug addict or yeah. developing something other I don't know. Yeah. But if it if the whole systematic organization of this institution three big words in a row i hate doing that um (laughs) but if that makes you um a bigoted person Mm -hmm. or a person who wants to take away rights from someone like their entire life because you stoned them to death like it's just that's when it becomes a dangerous dangerous thing the texas shooting and wherever that was that was an atheist who did it right i have no idea i refuse to read about it because i just find it revolting it's horrifying and those people like it oh god what horrifies me the most like he's atheist and so of course that's gonna look really like really bad for atheist people um he was a mentally ill person um who got it he was had a history of abuse that was failed to be reported to the proper (sighs) channels blah blah blah. but what hurts me so much is that this happened to these people in a church who were just doing their they they were doing their their good person Sunday small thing, small town thing, yeah, small town thing. And what's gonna come out of this is just so many more people just being like, pray for where was it Sutherland? Was it? I keep wanting to say Sulphur Springs, but I know that's not right. Oh, it's something like that. I drove by a billboard or a, a, one of those flashing marquee mm-hmm. signs today that just said, "Pray for you know yeah. where this happened." It's like, no, don't don't pray for them like go, go donate your time fix it fix yeah. the problems that allowed this to happen it's like the re- i get what relig- they're saying but, absolutely you know, yeah. but like the religious aspect of everything i just feel like that it just needs to be it shouldn't 
Mm. Well, I mean, look at the Catholic Church. <sighs> like, just say the Catholic Church, and you know. Oh God, like, we can't. That again, separate podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, the Catholic Church can go suck a big one because, oh, yeah. like, no organized religion again. Like, I I totally respect what you're saying. Hiding, um, what is it? Not sex trafficking, pedophilia? but pedophilia. Thank you. Yeah, like. M- like, no, it's not okay. Get the okay. fuck out of here. God doesn't want that. God no. doesn't want you to... God isn't talking to you like that. Like, no. Ugh. That was the whole... I mean, I'm not going to go on a biblical tangent, but the whole point of the crucifixion was so he didn't have to come and talk to you and mm. do all that stuff. You mm-hmm. go to him. If you believe that, then great. If you don't, then great. I don't... I just... I don't think that that's how it works. And I, no. it just emphasizes so much more about what we've already mentioned is that mental health Mm. is not taken seriously in this country slash the world nope people are slowly but surely going to get worse because of the state of the world because of the media because of technology what have you it's not an excuse it's not a cop-out it's not because oh my kid has add and now every other kid has add no it's a real thing yep everyone has problems and it's not wrong that we've scientifically figured this stuff out. Yeah. I wish there was some way that the government and the healthcare system could get behind this and contribute to helping people more with this stuff. And I know that yeah. there are avenues for that, but so much stuff could be fixed yep. with psychological help. Yep. And There's maybe such a the, negative could, stigma around right. it. Right. And I mean, God, we're in the prime time of accepting everyone-ish. Yeah. But I mean imagine i don't know i just even if it can't be fixed at least they'll be fucking caught yeah. ahead of time and yeah. maybe noticed and then put away right or something yeah and then ha- had health care throughout years and then maybe could be released properly yeah not in 10 years after blah, and, blah, blah. and not put away in the sense of like right. yeah, yeah. american horror story like where they're just right. thrown and locked away everyone forgets about them it's like no we, you really have like mental when i I was, you know, hospitalized after a suicide attempt, and I very, like, my boyfriend at the time, my family, um, people, like, super close to me and super close to when it happened, they did not like that I did this, really, or, or at least from what I could see, but oh, for sure. I posted it on Facebook, like, like after I got out of the hospital, I posted kind of my story and what happened, and a year later, I posted, like, kind of how my mental health has improved mm-hmm. and how like you know and I'm I've always tried to be very open about it and in turn I'm not super good at like people venting to me because then it starts to bring Trigger up like old you. issues yeah. I have exactly so it's very triggering to me but at the same time I I'd like to talk about it as much as possible because I want to be a like tiny little voice that's like helping to destigmatize mm-hmm. it cuz I mean people Ugh, people just don't get the help they need no. because they feel like they'll be judged. They feel like, or or they're not willing to admit it. Yeah, or because, or maybe it's ignored because yeah. it's you know your religious ties, <laughs> or it's just all. It's just so sad. Well, I can so say sad. firsthand. I haven't known Cassie for that long, but I've known her for a few years now, and I can definitely tell a difference. Hmm. So you're hey. you're doing good hey thanks <laughs> yeah see man like you can go from the depths i was locked in a hospital for a week and it was the worst week of my life i lost a whole lot of weight but it was that, don't ugh. don't laugh don't don't laugh at yeah well they literally like they locked you. i got no therapy while i was there it was a horrible situation so i came out of it and like you're literally still the same. yeah and like day by day i've just like fix yourself yeah yep built myself up ugh. and it's like dude man 
Like you can beat mental illness and you can take control of it and you can show it to boss who's boss. You just gotta like reach out to somebody and you know You have if, to be ready to yeah. do it. If well. God's talking to you, if Satan is talking to you, if a furry little bird <sighs> is talking to you on your shoulder Lucky you. Go <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that on your own and then go to a hospital and, and tell, tell someone. them. <laughs> because no good has ever, ever ever come no. from that i mean at the very worst of it the bible's written so yeah no. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i can say that i've suffered with a lot of mental health issues as well mm. i got put on medication and i'm a lot better and so it's it's hard to i always envied my brother in this which every time you said aaron i always like cringe because that's my brother's name oh no and so it was like super sad to me but um and speaking of brother, I mean, you can understand this. Your brother, oh, yeah. you know, he, he had his own set of problems, too. Yep. So, like, she can relate personally and on another level as well of having a sibling who dealt with stuff. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what was my point? Um, you, oh, your my, medication yeah. has helped you. Yes. My brother yeah. was always that person that was like, oh, you want to lose weight? Oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? Then go do it. It's very, like, hands-on, just, like, take the bull by the horns. But sometimes right. when you have mental disease, it, it's not that easy. Yeah. And, and so, you're not, like, less of a person for right. not being able to do that. It's yeah. just you can't. And so taking the steps towards getting help and, and getting medication if you need. Some people aren't proponents of medication, but sometimes that's just it, – it is what it is, and that's what it takes. And that's what mm-hmm. it was for me. And I'm a million times better in just a couple years. So, I mean, I can personally attest to the fact that change can happen. Go get help. It really makes a difference. And, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, PSA is over. Yeah, I really like this tangent because yeah. I, I will always advocate tangents about like positive <laughs> mental health. You know, yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's not as looked down upon, but it's still a little taboo. It is. I think yeah. people don't want to admit that, like, oh, I'm a soccer mom, but I'm secretly an alcoholic, or I'm a businessman that's super depressed and insecure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's all like super adult shit. But I mean, just I look know. at like. I guess, you know, for people, because people don't know my brother and what he went through, yeah, but look at true. Chester Bennington. That just oh, happened. Look at Robin Williams. Like, these people Ugh, that you... I yeah, I know. You just... Still can't. So... Such bright souls that just, like, their mental illness took mm-hmm. hold of them, and it's... Super you know, you just... You, you think if it was um, a bigger conversation, like... If there, mm-hmm. I don't want commercials about like you, you know, the mood stabilizers. I don't want the pharmaceutical commercials, but like right, the anti-smoking sure. commercials, kind of like yeah, commercials advocating for pro mental mm-hmm. health. Pro, like I mean, I guess MTV kind of does a lot of good stuff with that. Yeah. I think, and I mean, there's progress being made, but you know, it couldn't save some of the people, you yeah. know, that we know, and it's like. Maybe one day we'll get there. I think that we kind of need to think about it more as, I mean, we say mental illness, mental disease, whatever, but I don't think people really see it that way. I think that you need to see that just because I got medication doesn't mean that I have to work through this every day. I have to look at myself every day and try and think a different way and be positive and, and not be down on myself about everything about my existence so it's it's almost like aa you know what i mean yeah it's every day you have to work on it no matter if you're sober if you're not if you're you know positive if you're not if you're manic if you're depressed it doesn't matter you have to keep going and yeah it should be classified a little bit better it should be yeah because it's, it's not an illness it's like a it's just i guess a hurdle like 
Well, I mean, I mean, alcoholism is technically an illness. It, yeah, alcohol. I mean? I'm talking about mental like, illness. Oh, you know? okay, got yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, the, like I go through days that I, where I'm super depressed, and I, I can notice that I'm being very mean to my boyfriend, or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, being super like I don't know. It's just there are really bad days, and there are really good days, and that's also something like it helps when you're if you're comfortable being vocal with people that care mm-hmm. about you. Like it helps, like so that way they know and they understand. And I've it's had good friends that like you know, and you notice your bad days. That's yeah. a big thing, I think. Yeah, and once you get to that point, it's like all right, cool. Like I understand my manic highs, my mm-hmm. depressive lows, and you can start to find a happy medium, and then you'll slip, and that's okay. And you just yeah. keep chugging at it every single day because you know chugging that bottle of wine exactly no, i'm just kidding hey if you, i mean if it's okay if it's not sure sure eh, it wasn't not it, joke about yeah that wasn't i'm thinking about like a I couple years up. ago when i was pretty bad and like alcohol is literally yeah that was alcohol the, is cassie's job yeah yeah so. <laughs> see that's how far i've come in my mental health i can yeah. work in the alcohol industry and be around it all day every day yeah. and i not, don't abuse it and go into crazy depressive dangerous states <laughs> Oy. yeah don't so, be, stay straight edge people do that thing that's also a really cool thing yeah it actually really is super is yeah I'm i super just like wine into so. that. yeah it just tastes yummy but yeah, yeah. but drugs yeah are bad. so I, I don't know i can't promote drugs sorry so uh in summation mental health needs to be a more open conversation yes absolutely if i had more wine organized religion sucks oh yeah i'm like generally cheersing everyone (laughs) and deanna laney does not deserve to be out in the free world because she murdered two children no absolutely not as much as maybe we semi-ish disagree but kind of agree on what her sentencing should be in a roundabout way i definitely Mm -hmm. think that she should not be free no she needs to be monitored and who the f- don't go to the mall get out of here yeah girl. and i think even Where like are you wearing those clothes to nowhere <laughs> dinner right? with yourself what are you doing but i think even like if she was found um guilty she would have been put in prison with possibility of parole for 40 years so yeah. even that isn't super bad no like it's better it is better that she was put in a hospital for sure to she get help yeah but that's where what we were saying the guilty by reason of insanity that should be a thing and mm-hmm. like there should be a time it shouldn't be left up to like when you commit something as serious as murder it shouldn't just be left up to the doctors it should be left up to the state a little bit too like okay you have to stay in a mental facility for 30 years and then we can that's kind of like parole yeah you can still have parole or like parole hearings or appeals or whatever but like no 10 years no 10 years like I that mean, was like as old as her oldest child or as long as her oldest child like no yeah it's gross wow and i do think that's weird that like first of all we had like a sacrifice theme happening uh yeah also and then, andrea yates's kids were all religious names as well as deanna's gross yeah well i can't say anything i have a religious name so yeah and i'm kind of i can really like some religious names but yeah. i mean i'm gonna name my child after a lord of the rings character so i can't really talk good call it's all fantasy right <laughs> I just thought of my recommendation for the week. Ooh, yes, do tell. Um, I want to say it's Annihilation. Um, it's Patton Oswalt's oh, new stand up. Yeah, on Netflix. If you aren't aware, I, have, I saw it. I want to watch it. Oh God, it's so good. Um, 
get ready to cry. No. Because he talks a lot about his wife, Michelle McNamara, who was an amazing true crime investigator and writer. Um, She died very suddenly. Uh. And... Right uh, when she was about to crack that fucking yep. ugh, East Area mm-hmm. Rapist, Golden State Killer, Original Night Stalker, whatever the hell you want to call him. Yep, she's amazing. And he talks about um, he talks about her a great deal, and it is. He, he does a phenomenal job. It's very funny. It is very moving. Mm. Um, but at one point, he says, you know, basically uh, one conversation that they had a lot, like a f- philosophical conversation boiled down to her beliefs. It's all chaos. Just be kind. And Aww. that's... That's so I true. I freaking love that because she didn't believe in a higher power. She was an atheist and just that's kind of, I guess, where I align more than I would align with like the Church of Satan or Wicca. Just like it's all chaos. Just be kind. Yeah. I like that. That is great. That's I always see those kind of like cheesy like, I don't know. We talked about this. <laughs> it's like the girls on Instagram that like have their oh, like God. bullshit bio, whatever. <laughs> bio <laughs> vibing since ninety five. Oh, no, uh, uh, that they post those like stupid hokey things. It's like yeah. everyone's dealing with their own things, so be kind. You never right. know. But it's like you know what? That's kind of lame. But at the same time, it's true. Yeah. And maybe I just respect it more because it's coming from Michelle. But like, yeah. <laughs> she's just the coolest person. I guess I can't say alive because she's not alive, but oh. you know what I'm saying. And Patton Oswalt is hilarious. Oh so my God, I love him so much. I like that it's very uh, middle of the road. It's neutral is I yep. guess what I'm trying to say. It's not picking a side. And yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So anyway, <sighs> anything else you want to want chat see? Oh man, I could go on tangents about everything we've talked about for so long, but <laughs> we just need to not. Um, you want to close this out? Oh yeah, I cool. forgot we need to do that. Should we change it from Happy Halloween to Merry Christmas just in December? Hell no. Oh, I'm right. <laughs> sorry. Just kidding. Oh, I hate Christmas so much. Oh my God, we can't be friends. I just, I mean, it was never, it used to be. No, just, I can't. I just, they, just just fucking close the show. I hate buying things for people. I'm so bad at it. Oh, that's why you hate Christmas? Yeah. I feel like I'm yelling at you and I can't even see you. I want to <laughs> like cut like an eye slot, but then I don't because all you'll see is like my eyes moving and then it'll just be extra awkward. Well, I She's can, having a seizure. Mine is curved down a little so I can see the top of your head. Oh, and my I just dirty hair. Keep my eyes like... <laughs> but um, so... Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we both hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm not sure what Hannah is going to keep of our like ranting. I'm going to try I, and keep most of it. I sincerely, if I offended you, please tell me so I can apologize to you and explain better what I mean. Um, no. Or you can just not be a big fat baby and just like oh. know that I love everybody. Um, but uh, so... Once again, though, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And please be sure to check out our social media for photos on these cases. Um, Yep. (laughs) That's my part. (laughs) Uh, And don't forget, links to our sources will be put in the show notes if you guys want some more information. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Merry Christmas. Mm, But not really. I'll allow it. Um, Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks with more Texas true crime. And if anyone's listening... Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. Merry Christmas. Oh, God, that noise. (laughs) Yeah.